Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. This is part two of our episode with Candace Fox about healthy relationships and social media. You have your own boundaries for your relationships that keep you safe. And the only person that knows what these boundaries are is you. So I encourage students, I encourage people, I encourage everyone that is out here trying, they're out in these streets trying to have these relationships. And it's hard. It's hard work. And it's sometimes really, really terrible. But some questions that you can ask yourself as we're kind of going through this digital A's is like, is it okay if somebody tags me in a picture? Like, how do I feel about that? Like thinking about some of our digital boundaries before or even when we're in a relationship so that when those things come up, when those red flags and different areas, we can openly communicate and have those conversations. And then also, like you just said, I need to decide while I'm in the relationship or before I have this relationship, what's a deal breaker to me? What has crossed the line to me and have that idea before those types of things happen. So I'm more prepared to have that open and honest conversation with the other person because I know that when that person does this, when that person goes through my phone or when that person tells me who I can and can't follow on social media, that is an absolute deal breaker and that relationship is not for me. But if I don't explore those boundaries before I get in these relationships, I'm going to be in a more vulnerable place where somebody may be able to convince me of something different. So thinking about these things actively and having open conversations with your support system about these boundaries is really important to your self-care and your self-esteem and the relationship health that you're going to have with these people. There's such a sense of self-awareness and self-discovery that's embedded in these relationships. And if there's someone who is listening and maybe curious about where to even begin that process. What are your recommendations for kind of figuring out or mapping what are my boundaries? What do I need to think about when I'm considering my boundaries in a relationship? Being aware of these toxic elements potentially, Mm -hmm. but what else is there? I love loveisrespect.org, like I was mentioning, because they have this checkmark list of boundaries that you need to consider before or even if you're in the relationship. And that's kind of very individual too. thinking about what's safe and what's unsafe for me and having those conversations with yourself, whether it's journaling, whether it's art, whether it's seeing a therapist, whatever it is, your outlet that you can have to yourself and kind of discover who you are and what your buttons are and what is safe for you is something that I would encourage for every single person because it is kind of individual, right? Like I can tell you what boundaries that I have in different relationships and I can tell you what self-care activities that I do that keep me safe, but I it's not a universal thing. You should be just as intentional with yourself as you are with that other person that you're seeking to have this romantic relationship with. Because the healthier we are ourselves, the healthier our relationship's going to be. So if we want this relation to be successful, we're going to take the time to get to know ourselves and get to know what's safe, healthy, and happy for us so that this relationship works out. Because it takes work. We're not just going to meet somebody 10 minutes ago and then be married because the shoe fit me, right? 
that's not how it's going to work and that's not how it's going to happen. And I know we love watching that and I know we love listening to that and I know we love just seeing love and seeing people happy and together because that is that social conditioning of like you're not whole unless you have this other person. So being cognizant of these things and realizing the reality that you're in and what is going to keep you safe is the best piece of advice that I can give somebody as they're navigating what their boundaries are and as they're navigating what's healthy for them in a relationship and what's unhealthy. Self-care is community care. It sure is. I'm wondering if you have any positive or perceived maybe negative relationships that are very public do you have any any favorites that come to mind on social media that's like two questions in one because we have the tv and movie type relationships that I idolize that I think are great and then we have the real life people the famous people that are in these relationships and of course I think you guys know what I'm about to say but I am a Swifty okay I knew it was coming I uh, genuinely love Taylor Swift and I am so excited that she is happy and she has broken that cycle of dating these human beings that are not celebrating the person that she is and the things that she has accomplished and and what kind of partner she is. It's really refreshing when I listen to um, the New Heights podcast, whenever Taylor's mentioned, he has a little nickname for her. And then he also like celebrates and always says that she's an amazing person. And when anybody else had ever been interviewed that she was with, never, never spoke about her like that. So I get very excited to watch that unfold. What do you think? Yeah, I think just real public relationships, I don't feel like I really catch up with those as much. Or when I do, I kind of like make my little criticizing judgments and then move on because I, again, like I don't know what's happening. Eventually, we will have to make an episode just judging TV and movie couples because, like, I know we've talked about sex education a lot. I really like a lot of the relationships depicted on that show. Some of them are unhealthy and they are depicted realistically so. My popular slash unpopular opinion is that the main couple, Maeve and Otis, which this is spoilers, so I guess skip forward if you don't want to hear this, but they don't end up together because like they're going in different directions. And I think that's a great thing because also, especially as the seasons went on, I don't know if it was like on purpose necessarily, but their communication just really breaks down. And I don't think that they're great for each other, but there are other relationships on that show where they are depicted really healthily. So I really liked that. That's awesome because I was just thinking about that before walking in here to record. There's not really a whole lot of movies and TV shows where the couple that you see that you're rooting for doesn't end up together. In reality, in in these streets while we're out here dating, a lot of times we can have a lot of chemistry and love and even intentionality in having a healthy relationship. And sometimes... No, it just, it doesn't work out. And that's a really hard pill to swallow. And that's when a lot of these toxic behaviors that we've been talking about come out because we're so conditioned and so used to seeing the people just end up together in the end. So it's really, really hard for us as a community and people to realize that, oh my gosh, I do care for this person, but we're just, we're just going two different directions. Yeah. I love watching Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. It might be a throwback for some folks. And then also 
Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. I just really love how, who would have thought, okay, coming from my era, big Travis Barker fan, never would have matched the two of them up together. But I mean, from what we see, I think they have a really supportive environment that they display and are always seemingly to show up for each other. And I will say there's one relationship that I don't usually watch The Bachelor, but there was this one season in particular, Colton and Cassie, if anybody know, anybody know? I was so emotionally invested in that season and then also fell into the trap of following them both on Instagram and watching their Mm -hmm. relationship unfold. I think it was around the course of the pandemic. And then you think, oh my goodness, they've come together. They're just going to have this magical life. It's going to be wonderful and then over the course of time I guess Colton reached a place where he was comfortable talking about being open about his sexuality and ended the relationship and is now you know married and and, and partnered with uh, his husband and um, just didn't really see that coming at all and I think that that goes back to the the self-discovery piece too and that sense of openness and honestness connection that you have with yourself and then getting to that point within and then being able to communicate and share what's going on because that could have been rather miserable, I think, for all parties involved that they just, you know, continued on with that facade of of what we perceive to be happiness and bliss and meanwhile backstage, you know, but that was an always an interesting relationship unfolding we do get emotionally invested in these people and I think that's part of the awareness piece and if we're if we're leaving on like the takeaway of just understanding that you know these are human beings too and these couples and these relationships struggle just like we do I mean money not necessarily is their struggle but they have struggles every single day of their relationships because relationships is hard no matter what life stage you're in, no matter how much money you have, no matter what is going on in your life, relationships are very, very hard and take a lot of work. So recognizing that, yes, we're emotionally invested. Yes, we love watching this TV show. Yes, we love liking their pictures online. Just be aware that that is a person and to not get caught up in also that comparison thing of like, well, if I don't have this person or if my relationship doesn't look this picture perfect, then it's not real and it's not sufficient. And you can get lost and really ruin relationships that way when we're so focused on on that comparison game. I think we really valorize the relationships we see in TV and movies that are like the on and off couple that like are kind of toxic to each other but they have so much passion and this idea of passion is just so silly to me sometimes because sure they have passion but do they have communication no do they have support from their friends not really do they have like anything other than just what is considered chemistry and Mm -hmm. tv movie generated chemistry yeah that's just kind of it we really talk about those relationships as if they're the ideal, but you don't want to be constantly breaking up with your partner to be healthy. Yeah, and crying in the car and being embarrassed in public because this person did X, Y, Z. But if that's the type of relationship that you're idolizing, then that's the type of relationship you're probably going to have. So that awareness piece that we were talking about earlier is so important. And yes, I can really like this couple 
online and I think they're great and the ups and downs I love watching it I love the gossip I love the toxicity when I'm watching it but if that's what I'm idolizing if that's what I think is a good relationship that's the type of relationship I'm probably going to be in so being open and honest with yourself as you are going through different tv and movies and tiktoks and things like that that we're all doing and viewing um just being aware of what those are and what kinds of relationships that we want versus what we see and i think there's so many formative moments too looking at you disney movies where we're like oh happy forever the passion but I'm sorry, that sounds absolutely exhausting to be passionate every moment of every single day. Ain't nobody got the time, you know? Like, sometimes it's, my partner will see, like, the worst parts of me, like, you know, the baggy sweatpants and hair a mess. Like, that's just how it's going to be sometimes. And um, that self-reflective piece, too, going back into the values and knowing your boundaries. I feel like values are probably a huge part of the boundary setting piece, too. And what is that that you want? What is that that you need? And yeah, sometimes it's that that healthy communication that's nurturing us, the shared interest versus however you interpret passion. And there's no shame to that game, too. As we we're discussing, I started thinking about like there are some temporary relationships that you'll have in your life that do have some of those pieces of that passion and of of that sexual nature. And there's no shame in that game. I just wanted to put that the person who teaches consent for a living, like if that is the experience that you want to go for and that you want to have an experience doing, then I encourage you know, people to live out the things that they want and the and the types of experiences that they want to have. We're just saying on this podcast that if you want a healthy and happy romantic relationship, yes, there are going to be small moments of passion, but a lot of it takes significant hard work and understanding who we are as people and what, what our boundaries are and what behaviors that we needed to unlearn in order to have these healthy behaviors with the people around us and that it's constant intentional work it's not all hearts and rainbows all the time and I'm glad that you brought that up too because for some people looking for that long-term relationship maybe that's the course that you're on and it's also okay and important to be open about maybe commitment or short-term relationships commitment not looking for so much or, or you just want to have a, a fling right and that's totally okay. That's okay I'm here for the flings but also and now I'm going into a deep rabbit hole and I'm so sorry but a lot of times with these tv and movie relationships we think we're going to end up together at the end even if the other person that we're in this romantic situationship or whatever sexual experience or whatever you want to call it, a lot of times we'll set their boundaries and say, hey, I don't really want a long-term relationship, but because I've been flooding my mind with all of the, you know, how to lose a guy in 10 days. They hate each other at first, and then they love each other at the day. We've been conditioned. <laughs> so listen to what people are saying to you and the communication that you're having. And if a person says, hey, I don't want to be in a committed, loving relationship with you, but I do want to have XYZ with you, take that as it is instead of romanticizing whatever it is that you have in your head because you think that that person will change their mind and you think that you'll end up together in the end because probably not and if that fits for you the xyz part carry forward and if not recognize that and 
do not pass go. Right? Yeah. Like make that decision. Say, okay, I hear what you're saying. And this isn't matching up with what I need. And it's even okay to be unsure about what exactly you want, but communicate that to the person too. And also in the meantime, like figure it out. Yeah. Do the intentional work, like we keep saying, and, and figure out those boundaries. And yes, as we grow older and have different experiences, our boundaries are going to change. So understanding that as well, that you have to do the boundary check with yourself, not just in the beginning of the relationship, but as you go through the relationship, because things change, experiences change. I am a completely different woman today than I was yesterday. Why? Because I had experiences between the two. And then are there any resources that we should contact on or off campus if we do determine that someone else, someone we love, or even ourselves might be in an unhealthy relationship? Yeah, on campus, we have, of course, myself in health promotion, we can do some preventative and educational resources about healthy and unhealthy relationships. I'm really looking forward to February because there are going to be a lot of workshops across campus about healthy and unhealthy relationships as we're sitting here and talking today about social media and pop culture and TV shows. That's where I spend a lot of my time trying to be as relatable as possible for students to understand what's healthy and what's unhealthy. And again, I'm not telling you to stop watching the TV. I'm not telling you to stop listening to the music. I'm not telling you to watch more realistic things. We just need to have that awareness piece of what is healthy and what's unhealthy so that we're not adopting that particular message into our own lives because it's easy to do when we're not aware of it. So just picking it out, recognizing it, and being able to Um, have those conversations with the people around us. Also, the Haven is a great resource if somebody is or has been in some kind of abusive romantic relationship. That is a confidential resource for students to go to. I highly recommend the advocates there are awesome and really care about the mission and ending domestic violence and sexual violence. And that's something that I'm my mission is towards as well. And then, of course, we do have the Student Health Center that is here with the doctors and the nurses that are prepared. If you have experienced assault or experienced any kind of physical harm in a relationship, I encourage students to get the health that they need. And then also we do have the counseling center as well. So that's really focused on maybe we're seeing a pattern in the types of people that we're dating or the types of friends that we have. And we're recognizing when we're doing this self-care that, oh, yikes. Like, I am going after the same exact human being every single time that I'm on this dating journey. What kinds of things, where can I go? Like I said, loveisrespect.org is great, but seeing a licensed therapist is a great resource to kind of go through that process of finding some of the things about yourself that you didn't know about yourself and then changing the behavior to be healthier and happier so that we can have healthier relationships with the people around us. Well, I think there's some good advice on here that could save a lot of heartache. So stay true to you, folks. (laughs) Candice, thank you so, so much for being here today. It was such a fun conversation. Looking forward to next time we get to gossip about all of the relationships. Please, please have me back. I love gossiping. But also... Please look at the resources and please communicate with the people that you care about for healthy and happy relationships. 
Thank you all for listening today. Thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Calder Sprinkle, Lily Tannenbaum, Jazzy Lawrence, Cheryl Dow, and myself, Jenny Helmendaller. <laughs>